All right, everybody, welcome back to the North of 18th podcast. I have a little surprise for you guys that I'm excited to tell you about. Uh, we have a guest host today. Uh, some people like to call him Matt or Cable or Cable Boy or No Cable Ingle or Miles Long, whatever you want. Did I miss one? No, I think that's all of them. So my good friend Matt is going to step Step in for Tosher today. I know it's been a couple weeks since we last spoke. There's a lot to talk about. We have Cubs reactions as well as start thinking about what the Cubs may do here in the next couple weeks. And then definitely want to get uh, your perspective on on thoughts on a couple Bears things, Cable. I know you're a semi-season ticket holder. And and, uh, that's one of the reasons you and I are such good friends is (laughs) is over the Bears. So I have a lot to cover. And then, again, we'll continue continue to tell you guys uh, some of these wager tips. I haven't decided my pick for the week, but you know, why don't we just do a quick intro, Matt? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dave. Uh, just to clarify something, did you say we're good friends because we're both Bears fans or because of my season ticket connection to the Bears? <laughs> We didn't clarify that, uh, but I did know you before you had the season tickets, so that's true. I'll just say that. All right. Well, yes, I am a I'm a Bears fan. I am currently in line for season tickets, and my cousin who lives in Arizona has his own season tickets. So I just tell the girls at the bar that I have season tickets. Uh, <laughs> typically works. Hey, thanks for the invite to the podcast. This is breaking my podcast virginity. Going to be my first one here. I know I already have a lovely voice. So I uh, have a leg up on the competition, but I uh, grew up in Northwest Indiana, so Chicago sports were a part of my upbringing. Went to my first Cubs game in August of 1989. Later, I would figure out why my uncle took me to an August game, because the <laughs> July ones were a little more expensive. <laughs> I would say I'm a Bears fan and then an NFL fan, and uh, just enjoy everything Chicago. I even will go to Sox games. I know they're a little south of 18th, so we're probably not going to talk about any of that, which is fine with me. But I've been known to show up there with free tickets. Right on. Well, that's a that's a great introduction. And you kind of touched on a couple of things that some of our, our listeners, I know that people have been talking about us around town and in Chicago. And some of our listeners have reached out to me and say, hey, Dave, you know, you're a lot more serious on the podcast than you are in real life. So one of my goals is to kind of act like myself a little bit more and, and try to be a little funnier. So I think that's something you're definitely already bringing to the table. So let's let's get going. Yeah, absolutely. Got any good jokes? Yeah, actually, why don't we start off with a good joke? My, my go-to icebreaker is, why did the walrus go to the Tupperware party? Man, I don't know that one. Why? Because he's looking for a tight seal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just good all around clean. Yeah, yeah, that's my my icebreaker. So let's get it. Let's get started with the sports here, Matt. Cubs. Uh, I think we should definitely react. I have. We haven't had a podcast since they were ousted from the playoffs and since the end of, of baseball season. But overall, you know, what were your thoughts on the year? You know, well, give me a little reaction to how they performed this year. Yeah, I mean, it was an exciting time to be uh, in Chicago this summer. I actually, when I first moved to Chicago 2006, I went in line for Cubs season tickets. You didn't have to put anything down, so just threw my name in the hat and uh, came up for season tickets at the beginning of the year. And I was just like, you know, I've already spent so much on the Cubs. Can't recoup any of that money. I'm just going to do a pass on the season tickets. And that was uh, obviously a mistake. 
The the Cubs had a lot of things going for them, and the the major one that I saw was just zero expectations. Uh, nobody really thought that they were going to go far. They were rebuilding a lot of young guys, a lot of talent, and they're just uh, trying to do their best out there. When you don't have any expectations, it's easy to meet those. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And you know, on top of that, whenever the expectations seem to go up a little, you know, Jake started playing better. Bryant, after maybe a couple of weeks of kind of struggling to find his his feet, he started to play better. And those expectations did start to grow, and they they continued to perform, which was a nice thing. I feel like in the past we've seen the Cubs perform very well during the summer. And then kind of teeter off at the end of the year once it starts to cool off and things like that. So it was nice to see that when those those expectations went up, they continued to rise to them. Yeah, usually after the All-Star break, you, uh, you stop watching. Yeah, I've watched most of the baseball games the last, you know, since I've moved down to Chicago. Obviously, when I was in Chicago, I was watching them either on TV or in person, but I've really tried to stay up. And last year was how well are the young guys playing and not really paying attention to the Bakers and those guys I knew wouldn't be along for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I would say that pleasantly surprised is a good good reaction to the season, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Now the... The hard part might be the expectations that are set for next season, but everyone in Chicago, once they got eliminated from the playoffs, and that was the end of baseball for me uh, this season. I didn't even watch any of the series. Yeah, nor did I. (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be just higher expectations for next year. Yeah, I've already seen a couple lines in Vegas saying that the Cubs are favored for next year, so... It kind of sucks to put the whammy on them so early, like already favored. They haven't made any moves. They still have the same team. That kind of leads me into the next thing I wanted to talk about is what do you think we need to improve? You know, what kind of moves, if you're Jed Hoyer and and, uh, Theo Epstein, what kind of moves would you make? You know, what's weird, something I noticed in the playoffs, not just with the Cubs, but with other teams too, is the 350 hitter just doesn't exist anymore. Right. Everyone on the Cubs uh, was in the 200s, and it wasn't uncommon that the other team was like that too. So they're getting hits, or they're getting hits similar to what the league can do. They just need to group those hits. The major thing that I want them to figure out is just what are they going to do with Castro, right? Got a big contract, performance is so-so. He has been known to get hot, but I'd rather get something more consistent in there if he's got a high trade value. Right. I, I wouldn't say he has a high trade value, but especially the way he started the season and how he turned it around the last, what, eight weeks of the season, it, it's going to be the highest probably we can get it, right? So, yeah, I'm, I am definitely anticipating a move there with, with Castro or Baez. I'd imagine they have to move one of those guys. And if you're thinking business-wise, it would make more sense to, to move Castro because he's making more money. Yeah, that's a good summary. I know that we made a big addition last year. I would say two big additions. We brought in Fowler, and he, he really was what, what I expected him to be, especially in the second half, and, and played well in the playoffs. And then, obviously, the big Lester signing. I would imagine we have another big signing. Have have you, being in Chicago, have you heard any rumors on, on who we're talking to or who we may bring in? I haven't really. What are your thoughts on Lester's performance throughout the season, taking into account uh, he's the two people on the field? That's something people forget is whenever he's pitching, our catcher is not hitting the ball very well because Ross. Although I love Ross on the bench, 
Uh, he's definitely not our best catching hitter. So I would say that I'm disappointed with Lester's performance, but that's because expectations are very high, right? He's making like $150 million a year. You expect him to be what Jake Arrieta was every time, and he's not. He's not that pitcher. So we overpaid for him, and we had to. I think maybe it was more of a symbolic signing. Like, hey, the Cubs aren't trading everyone anymore. We're ready to start signing some people. You know, hopefully that continues this year. I'm hoping that we either sign Price or Zimmerman. I think if it comes down to the money, we'll end up signing Zimmerman instead of Price. But we have to go out and get pitching. The way our rotation sits right now is we have Jake as our number one, Lester as our two, then we have Hamill and then Hendricks. So it would be really nice to slide Zimmerman after Lester or Price above Lester, that makes our pitch, our rotation a little better. Hopefully Hendricks develops a little bit more. That way we can move him up to be number four and then Hamill's on number five. I think that's great expectations to go into next year, I think. So the only thing about the Lester deal is I remember a time where we paid for an exceptional player. He, I think, came from the Yankees. His name was Alfonso Soriano. <laughs> And a little bit old in his career, out of his prime, paid huge dollars. And one time I was in Wrigleyville at the bars and I literally took my hat around and I was uh, petitioning people to give me money in order to buy out Soriano's contract. <laughs> you know, it was only like, I only needed to raise about $100 million. I got about $7 and I bought a Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I think Soriano might have come from the Nationals, actually. Oh, you're right. You're right. You, I think there was just a perfect storm of bad things that happened to Soriano. He he was awesome at the beginning. He was like when he was on fire. There's just not a better hitter in the league. But then you know he he messed up his quad and then his hamstring and then there went his legs. Right. So he wasn't a stealer. You know he was like a really good at stealing bases for a while. That took it away from him. And then he obviously he was terrible in the outfield. So yeah, I mean you have to you have to keep that in the back of your mind. But you'll. You know, what I would tell you is we don't have Jim Hendry there anymore making those silly mistakes. We have Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer who do their homework, know what the hell they're doing, and you have to just trust in them. Yeah, that sounds good. I agree. Let's let's get that pitching straightened out. Dexter Fowler is probably my favorite player to say his name. I just like saying Dexter Fowler. Yeah. Those young guys are, are going to mature a little bit figure out Castro and just group your hits. Transitioning into the the Fowler conversation, you know, we we signed him to a one-year deal. I know we offered him the the minimum of like 15 million dollars, which it sounds like he's he's going to decline because there will be more long-term offers. So, odds are Fowler is gone, so we have to find a new leadoff hitter and a center fielder. And the two people that kind of stand out in the in the minors are are Billy McKinney and he, you might know him. He was uh, he was part of the Samarja trade to the A's last year. So we got Russell and Billy McKinney back. He's he's 20 years old, but he had a really good year in the minors. So he's my number one pick. He's a little too young still. And then Albert Almora, who is also a young center fielder. Um, he was supposed to be the center fielder of the future, but didn't have an, a great year in the minors. So if we go within, we have those two guys to pick from. Or knowing knowing Joe, he might just move some people around. You know, Chris Bryant probably played everything but second and shortstop this year. 
Also, I mean, the Cubs are not scared to bring in some young talent up into the show for a couple games, see how they do, send them down. They'll uh, they'll start them young. And it's worked so far, right? Like, who freaking thought Addison Russell was going to be that good this year? I didn't. I thought it was a mistake to move him up. But, again, we have to trust in Theo and Jed. Yeah, he performed. That kind of summarizes what the year was for the Cubs and as things continue to unravel, you know, we'll, we'll update the podcast, but, you know, big thing, we have the winter meetings coming up. I know the, the general managers meetings are going on. I think actually, I think today was the last day down in Boca, Boca Raton, Florida. So hopefully we, we signed that ACE pitcher that number two or number three, we're going to need to sit behind Jake and, um, we can transition from the baby bears to to the bears uh, that play in Soldier Field. I'm going to be speechless for a second. I've got a lot of opinions on the bears this year. Winning isn't one of those opinions. They got a lot of work in a lot of uh, areas. I will say that I've followed Jay's wife on Instagram. I really enjoy that part of the bears organization. Yeah, but I guess before we re- jump into the real bears talk, I, I noticed I follow her as well. And notice that she posted something on Instagram yesterday saying that she was nine months pregnant. Uh, so that made me think, is there a possibility that she goes into labor? I know that's a possibility being nine week, nine months pregnant, but that Jay misses a game because of it. I haven't heard anyone in the media talk about that. We're the first ones. Breaking news here, guys. Yeah. Kristen Cavallari, nine months pregnant. Is Jay Cutler going to miss a game? I tell you, if he does, I don't think I don't think people will like it. He's out there to play. He's getting paid to play. He's not performing. Although a lot of people will say he is this year. I have my side of that of uh, that coin. I say he's still not. And uh, I want to see him out there if we're paying him. I don't care if she's given labor. They've already had two kids. The first kid is named Camden. Uh, his middle name is Jack. Uh, I forgot what their second kid is, but. Uh, <laughs> We're paying him. He owes us more than we owe him. Right on. Okay, well, that's definitely a strong opinion there. So let's let's kind of recap. I know it's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast, and maybe it was a good thing because we had a, a disappointing loss to the Vikings in there. But uh, coming off of the Monday night win, we were just talking about how maybe some people are coming around to Cutler, and you're not quite yet. So I think that the good things I saw in, in the game were – we saw some spurs of Lamar Houston maybe being okay. Can can he continue to do that? And Alshon is just the man. If we can keep him healthy, I think today there's breaking news that he hurt his groin. If he's healthy, he's the man. Yeah, Alshon did rock it. I remember somehow I got him uh, on waivers in fantasy football his rookie year and just crushed it. Uh, and he's doing it again. When it, when it was him and Marshall, it was kind of a toss-up of Marshall usually got the ball and Alshon was in the shadow, but he was as good, if not better, than Marshall and opened up a lot of those situations for him. So, yeah, keep that guy healthy and, and keep throwing to him. So as, as far as you say throwing to him, we'll, we'll come back to Cutler because I know you have some strong opinions. I, I want to kind of summarize my thoughts on, on Cutler over the years. I think we all started in the same place when we got him. I believe it was actually on April Fool's Day, like five years ago. I don't think there was a single person in Chicago who wasn't ecstatic about the trade, right? We're we're finally going to have a quarterback. It's been an, a roller coaster 
relationship between Jay and me. And at the very latest last year, I was over it. I was one of those people that just defended him. He's better than anything we've had. He's talented. I don't care if he's grumpy. But after last year, I was it. I was over him. I didn't want him on our team. We needed to drop him. And he really seems like a different guy this year. I know I'm a sucker all over again, believing in him. But and he's throwing to receivers from the Los Fresnos High School JV team most of the year because Alshon's been hurt, Royal's been hurt, Wilson's been hurt, and he's been throwing to nobodies, essentially, and has played well. Kevin White, our first-round draft pick, isn't even on the field. Yeah, I, I get it in exactly Chicago's a run team they say that in the news every day so when there was that opportunity to actually get a high profile quarterback who could throw the ball everyone was 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 pro that trade or that move and then I rode the roller coaster just like you did that season he had 17 interceptions or 18 he led the league or whatnot (laughs) I was I was still backing him that season I you know blame it on the line blame it on the receivers eventually you know, winners are winners, and arguably, he just doesn't know how to win. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know how to convert when you're in the red zone. He doesn't know how to get to that next game. He doesn't know how to make the people that surround him better play better than what they could without him, and that's what you need out of a quarterback. I'm so tired of basically the announcers say everything every year. The guy's got a lot of talent. Look, he's doing everything right. I remember at the beginning of the Chargers game, they were playing about how he's starting with his right foot back instead of how his left foot used to be, how he's holding the ball higher. He's got a quicker release. Well, that's great if you're a quarterback and it's your second year, but I think this is his eighth, <laughs> and we've already signed him to you know a large extension a couple years ago for a lot of money, 20-plus million a year or whatnot, and it's just not the time to to be figuring out that, hey, I should start with my right foot back instead of my left. Yeah, I agree with you. I think more than anything, it's a, a willingness of, of Jay to, to learn. And, you know, in the past, he was just like some young punk who thought he knew everything and didn't, you know, didn't want to listen to Martz. And we heard him say what he felt about Martz on that Monday night football game that Mike picked up. But, um, yeah, I think... I'm I'm just over expectations with him. That's I think why I'm at peace with it. I don't expect him to lead us to victory. I don't like you mentioned. I don't expect him to make the team better because he, there are only a handful of quarterbacks that do that. You know, I'm at peace with who he is, and I'm hoping that our coaches are are what's going to help us kind of get over the top. And we've you know I feel like coaching is is somewhere we have improved from last year to this year. I agree on the coaching side of things. You know, if you look at a quarterback like Peyton Manning as well, hands down, awesome quarterback and what, a Hall of Famer. And Jay just broke the record for the Bears of, uh, what was it, touchdown passes? Yeah, for the, for the franchise. Yeah, so you can, you can make records, but it doesn't mean that you're a winner. I mean, the only Super Bowl Peyton has is versus the Bears, and that was a fluke that they got there. So there's great quarterbacks, but it's different for being a, a winner versus a, having a lot of talent and being a great quarterback. Right, right. This week we have the Rams, and it's it's not normal for someone to say that the Rams are a tough opponent, but, man, they have an awesome running back, and that defensive line is, is tough. How do you feel about the game this week? Easy, easy Dave. Bears. 
Hey, before we get into the Rams game, uh, you know, I listened to a couple of the podcasts and I agree that uh, the other Matt had a decent Chicago uh, accent. You know, accent going on. Any uh, comparisons there? I'm not saying that I could beat him, but. You know, I, I, was, I was actually thinking about this last night whenever I was drawing up the rundown for, for the, our, our podcast, but no, I think that's one of the places Matt has you beat is I mean, he has a nice little Polish Chicago accent. It's good stuff. That's true. I mean, in my job, I got to talk to people all over the nation, so just been trying to hide that. That happened to me as well whenever I moved to Chicago after college. I, I caught myself, uh, I was talking about a conference call or something, that I caught myself saying, canferencing. <laughs> uh, so I had to work on it as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, back into the uh, the Lambs game. Let's let you go first. I got a couple things. but Looking at the game, I, I'm, I'm really nervous because all of a sudden Alshon's not playing well and we know Royal is probably out so we're looking at throwing the ball at Wilson Mariani Mariani and the black unicorn love him who I agree is great but I say if we have Alshon it'll be a good game if we don't it'll probably still be a low scoring game because the Rams run the ball well but I think the Rams are favored between seven and seven and a half just to give you a quick Snip it into betting trends. If, if you can get that seven and a half, I'd take the Bears. What about Forte? Is he day to day or definitely out? I think he is day to day. What I'm hearing is he probably will not go this week. I'm hoping that he doesn't because I'd like to see Langford uh, another game. Langford did a crazy job this weekend versus the Chargers. I thought he did great. I've liked what I've seen from him throughout the year. And uh, before the trade deadline, I heard rumors that we may trade for Tay. So I went ahead and picked up Langford in, in our fantasy league, thinking that he would get traded. He didn't get traded, but he was injured. So luckily for me, I I had Langford already before the waiver wire came across. Yeah, I saw you picked up uh, Kevin White pretty early too and put him on the IR, huh? Yeah, he's definitely going to be one of my keepers for next year. I don't disagree with that. I was going to wait till about week eight or nine to do that. I you went. Week I was going to do the same thing, but. Tosh mentioned it on one of our podcasts. I think it was like our week two or week three podcast, and I know you listened to it, so I didn't want you to be tipped off, and that's why I went and picked him up because I wanted to beat you to it. Never liked that Tosh character. <laughs> what do you think? Seven and a half points. I, you know, I think we can cover that, but how do you feel overall about the game? Let's let's talk about the defense. We've got uh, what's his what's his name is the Pernell McPhee is the new leader. Uh, he gets a good amount of tackles. Did the line do any pressuring last week? Well, we did at the end of the game. I don't know if San Diego was tired because I know they had a bunch of injuries, but Lamar Houston, not out of nowhere, I was just like, oh, I forgot he was on the team. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, oh, two, he... two, two sacks. Yeah, two in a row, I think. Well, it was two and three plays. He got a sack, he jumped off sides, and then he got a sack. Yeah, key is uh, the defense there. What we can do with the the offense that we have, Mariani, which is actually a hard last name to say without a Chicago accent. <laughs> uh, I think he stepped up pretty well. He he he's caught some passes I didn't think that he would catch. I love the black unicorn. The guy's a beast. And uh, Alshon, like you're saying, might be the might be the tipping point there. If we if we have him in, uh, the office can shine. If not, without Forte, Langford. Hopefully he steps up. I agree though. If they're if the line's seven, 
uh, I would take the Bears all day with that. Right on. So hopefully going into this this week, we you know one of the things I learned about Langford, I thought he was a, a bruiser, but apparently he he had the fastest forty in the combine last year. So we're going into turf, and that's where speed shines. So I'd like for him to to play another week and and let Forte get better, rest, and and come back as close to a hundred percent as he can get, and so we can let Langford kind of. Show us how fast he is on that turf. Sure, it's too early in the season just to call it and let Forte sit. If he's healthy, play him. I can agree with that. If you, if there's doubt, uh, let your backup prove his prove his salary. Big week this week. I know next week we have Denver, and then we have uh, the Thanksgiving game against the uh, Packers. So this this is a I I would say a big big game for us because we have two more tough opponents after this and. If we could get, I don't know, if two games are a winning streak, but if we could get a back-to-back wins, get some confidence going into uh, that Denver game, maybe we can make a late run, which you know, I don't I don't think. I love the optimism. <laughs> uh, let's focus on breaking even on those season tickets that I maybe do or don't have and, uh, and rebuilding. Right on. So we'll look forward to next week. Hopefully you can make it back as, a, as another guest spot. And um, I'll, I'll remind everyone to follow us at uh, on Twitter North of 18th and Cable Boy. If if you want to get people to follow you, that way they can meet you at the game. Once you're sitting there and tailgating, you, you feel free to let us know what your Twitter handle is. Yeah, sure. I tweet about once or twice a month, but when I do, they're gold. And that Twitter handle is at mcableguy. All right, right on. Well, thanks for joining us this week, Cable Boy, and I look forward to having you guest host on us uh, on these podcasts here coming soon. Also, guys, don't forget that I'll be posting my pick for our uh, bet or wager wagers uh, probably tomorrow morning. I haven't had a whole lot of time to make my pick yet, although I, I did kind of say if you could get that Bears at 7.5, it'd be a good pick. See you guys next week.